What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi and Dr. Wes Hendricks, who could not make it today, but he's here in uh, spirit. We're going to talk about all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Hopefully, clear some of those things up for you. Today, I've got Ross with me, and I'll let Ross introduce himself. Hey, what's up, Charleston? This is Ross Couch with Flexible. Looking forward to being here and talking to Eves about some of the great benefits and advantages of stretching. Cool. So I've known Ross for a while. Um, he worked um, with me previously at another physical therapy clinic, has a ton of experience in exercise science, personal training, really likes to dig in the weeds of some of this stuff. So hopefully we'll go well, hopefully, we're definitely going to go on a couple of tangents here. But I always like to start, Ross, with just a little bit about yourself and maybe like how, like, where did you start? Like, I don't even know where you started in the health world or the fitness world. Like, I feel like you did some MMA fighting or something back in the day. Like, take me back to the beginning. Was, you know, was little Ross at two years old, like, you know, fighting bear cubs or you know, how did that all start? So definitely have bounced around, uh, experienced a lot of different avenues of health and fitness. Um, starting out, my mother is actually uh, x-ray tech. So sports medicine is something that I've grown up around pretty much all my life. I've had the opportunity of experiencing many different gamuts and facets of health and exercise, be it the MMA, as you mentioned. Uh, I've done some competitive bodybuilding but funny enough, the thing that really got me into health and exercise was I got onto a college cheerleading team. No way. Yeah. Oh, man. This is, I love the nuggets I get. And this so starting out, you know, I was actually a pretty small guy in college, uh, probably, you know, ballpark 145, 150, uh, extremely active, but had a buddy who kind of wrote me into cheerleading and found out that I had a passion for it. And once I learned that I needed to lift girls had to make sure I was strong enough to be able to do that effectively. So that's what kind of opened the gate for what has now become my health and fitness career. Did you do like gymnastics? Were you good at flips or like what, what, you know? Yeah, exactly. So funny so you thing, can do backflips you know, I went, like I went out to uh, meet up with my buddy who was on this team and uh, at the time just kind of had intentions of going to see what it was all about. Uh, he kind of put me on the spot. He's like, Ross is here to try out for the team. <laughs> so oh, no. yep. I decided, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll show you. You show me how to do a backflip and I'll try out for the team. So within about, I don't know, 30 minutes or so, I was throwing what we call back tucks on the gym floor and uh, had fallen in love with it pretty much from the get-go. So I learned how to tumble, do gymnastics. You didn't know any of that before? Didn't you learned know. from nothing? You went from nothing to learning a backflip in 30 minutes? Pretty much. That's exactly. crazy. Yeah. There's this video. Um, it's a CrossFit video with Jason Kalipa. And it, it's the whole video of the trick of him not learning how to do a backflip. And then by the end of it, learning, you know, with like 
pads and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and like a sponge, like not a sponge, you know what I mean? Where yeah, you get like a crash mat. Yeah, a crash mat yeah, or yeah. like, you know, where there's a bunch of balls and you can land as much as you want. And he yeah. learned one. And I think it took him longer than 30 minutes, which is interesting. Um, just, and he's got a huge CrossFit background. Like he already mm-hmm. knows how to snatch. Like were you, were you active before then? Were you a runner? Were you I always weights? was active. Uh, never really lifted weights, but played baseball, played basketball, football. Just an athletic guy. Just athletic, staying okay. active. Exactly. So fortunately had a pretty good vertical yeah. to begin with that kind sure. of helped me out and uh, a little bit of a good. reckless abandon, you know, sure. kind of the limited fear factor. So, yeah. you know, I'm always up for something new and took the opportunity and started throwing it. And yeah. one thing led to another. So the gymnastics became kind of the first step. And then learning how to stunt, which of course is where you're tossing the girls. I'm sure yeah. everybody has seen that. And That's that became my first version of exercise. Yeah. Yep, called stunting. Exactly. What was the coolest move that you did? Uh, you probably the coolest one that we worked on is what's called a cupie. And a cupie is where you're holding the girl in one arm over your head. Uh-huh. And she's standing basically two feet together in the palm of your hands. Yeah. So that That's one was awesome. really cool. What about you? Like, were, were you able to do any, like, cartwheels to a double backflip or was really just a backflip the kind of pinnacle of gymnastics that you would do so the backflip was like the starting point okay uh, when i stopped my career i was working on the whole standing full which is kind of a uh, backflip with a full twist okay and sure. uh, you know working on some different running tumbling and that kind of thing where can I find yeah. videos of this? Are there videos of this somewhere? <laughs> Some old ones I'll have to bring you later on. Oh, yeah. man, we're going to post this on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Uh, but that really introduced me to the lifting weights aspect of things because some of the guys on our team were bigger guys, and I started kind of following their lead, and that's what got me into really lifting weights and exercising. And What kind of training would you do specifically for the demands of that sport was it very specific or was it still just general bodybuilding back then at that time it was still relatively general like the concept of power cleans and snatches and uh plyometrics was kind of something still done by more your football players and your yeah. basketball players and that kind of thing so we were more yeah your traditional bodybuilding style three of, 10, style, three of 10 12 exactly um and then as we evolved with the sport and just health and fitness as a whole we've started to understand more the importance of functional training and exercise. Yeah. And that Did you squat or deadlift at all? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So squat, squat deadlift. deadlift and then bench press, basically shoulder press, but no Olympic lifting movements, exactly. no plyometrics. Okay. Gotcha. When I picture bodybuilding, I just picture isolation work, Right. but no, you're definitely doing some of those big lifts as well. And that's probably gained a lot of mass during that For process. For sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I put on 30 pounds, you know, by the end of, my college career and then yeah. that had opened the door to where I got my actual uh, certified personal training credentials and then I uh, pursued from there to my corrective exercise specialty, PTA work, all yeah. those kind of things and that's where I'm at today. Is gotcha. More of that so, you, so you college, did all the gymnastics stuff. What made you think, hey, I'm, I'm good at fitness, I enjoy fitness, I'm athletic, now I want to actually teach other people how to be healthier and how to be more fit. Like what, what made, what, how did that transition from, you know what I mean? To performing, from to yeah. Working just as me to Yeah, to others. myself to like, yeah, to do, to be an instructor. Yeah, you know, interestingly enough, I've always kind of had or assumed that leadership role. I've enjoyed working with others, helping others, seeing others succeed. Were you leading the workouts so, for the college? 
Cheerleaders? No. no, no okay, no, gotcha. No, yeah. they were actually more so guiding me at the time. Okay, yeah, yeah so that's what you learned. Learning okay. from them, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, but yeah, learning how to, you know, effectively teach and mentor others and show my passion and pass that on to others has mm-hmm. just been something that I innately had the ability to kind of do, I guess, you know, get sure. to know people well and communicate well with others and, uh, you know, just have that empathy to help others succeed and what was your first, process. What was your first personal training gig, job? So my first job first was thing. actually with Gold's Gym yep. in Spartanburg, South Carolina. It's like everyone has to go through that process, Got to right? make the trend with Gold's, exactly yeah. right. Um, from there, branched out to uh, a new organization, which was called Peak Fitness. Uh, Peak Fitness is where I kind of stepped into a head training role. Yeah. And that's what started me learning more of the... Were you located? Is this in Charleston or no? This is no, this was in upstate South Carolina. This okay. I'm originally from Spartanburg. So the upstate. The upstate, right? yeah. 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 So this was upstate. in the Spartanburg time. Does that exactly. exist anywhere else besides in South Carolina? Like we're in the upstate, right? We're like... I feel like that's, I don't that's hear a good that. Question. I don't hear that anywhere else. I think the only other time I've ever heard upstate used is if somebody's talking about New York. Yeah. Is there a downstate? <laughs> like, is there a left state? Like, You're, no. We're looking in the low the country. The Midlands, yeah, the yeah. low country, and then the upstate. Okay. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Yeah. That's funny. Okay, so peak performance. You're now the head trainer there. Mm-hmm. And okay, let's keep going. How does that evolve? How does that go? Like, you know, take me through the next. Sure. Step. So evolution of that is learning how to, you know, build a business basically. So. How to hire fellow trainers, how to teach trainers, how to you know run and manage a business successfully, that kind of thing, uh, which then of course led to stepping into a sales manager role. And we that's had the, the next so head trainer and yeah. then sales manager would be Correct. the next thing in the tier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when you're in the head trainer role, this is just almost like uh, I'm gonna scratch my own itch here. What would you say were like the top one thing or maybe the top three things that would motivate or maybe incentivize or create accountability to your trainers that would keep them going forward and really keeping their eye on the prize, so to speak. Like, you know, obviously there's a lot of turnover in that profession. So it's really hard to keep people motivated or keep people around. What are some of the things that you did that really helped, you know, you be successful there? Always when you're starting or, you know, when you're working with individuals who have a drive for success, you want that, uh, motivation of not being a glass ceiling. You want them to know that they can progress and move to the next level. And then the other key thing is, of course, money talks. Sure. So we had a lot of different bonus incentives that we put in for our trainers. Mm-hmm. And those were some of the key things. Uh, the motivation aspect of, you know, when they're doing a great job, acknowledging them for a job well done mm-hmm. were other big things that helped me to, you know, keep a strong staff established moving forward. Cool. Cool. Absolutely. Okay. So now sales manager, which is interesting in and of itself. So that's the next step, but okay. Right. So keep going. Sales yeah. Manager. So, uh, the sales manager role opened up because we were opening a new club and with that role, of course, then I got into more of the business Avenue of things with, mm-hmm. you know, learning how to communicate and generate new memberships and how to, you know, orchestrate the growth and development of a business as it's starting from the ground up. And that allowed me to have a better understanding for when I work with my trainers, you know, progressively, this is what our clients are signing up for. So these are the services that they're expecting to receive and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that's one of the big steps that we focused on, you know, or basically from this day forward have really focused on is, giving people the service that they need, you know, and that they expect and uh, just a 
top quality value in their programming. So program design becomes extremely imperative, you know, um, communicating with them to create accountability and consistency with their clients. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Those are the big things right. that focusing on as a sales manager, you learn to pass on to the rest of your staff. Right. Cause I mean, sure. It's a challenge for everybody. Like I want to stay healthy. I want to be, um, on top of my nutrition. And like, those are two big things that you just kind of mentioned that a trainer needs to do, or just for anybody trying to keep themselves kind of accountable. Right. Right. Is, is, but what were those two things? One more time. Do you remember? Exactly. So yeah. big things you're looking at is establishing accountability yep. and consistency. Yep. And so communicating with them, keeping them motivated through phone calls, through program designs, through homework. Those were the different yep. things that really allowed us to excel with our training programs and working with our clients. Yeah. Yeah. So having accountability and then like the program design. Yeah. Right. So I like, I like that because I'm, you know, very obviously very interested in program design and how to create a design program that allow people to be really successful. Mm -hmm. And so tell me what you think goes into a successful program design program being just, just in case nobody knows is kind of like a workout regimen, right. For somebody who wants to get healthier. Right. right? So right. what do you think are some of the main points that goes into that? So I live by a personal motto that says that, Fitness is a journey, not a destination. So with that mindset, I take that to my program development. And the big thing that I focus on is gradually progressing the client through that next level. So not just getting a not success. trying to go too hard, too fast, too yeah. soon. Exactly. Learning the habits of proper health and exercise, be it like we mentioned, you know, previously or excuse me, previously, with proper diet and nutrition, adequate rest. When you exercise, exercising to the point of fatigue, but not to overexertion, you know, those kind of factors are what is really important for progressively just creating a good program that somebody can stick to and make part of their yeah. daily life. You've seen that more and more often in research now is like to get hypertrophy. So to get muscles that are bigger or to get stronger, you actually don't need to go to full on 100% drag out fatigue you can be at that 60 to 80% of fatigue level and get just as much growth, if not sometimes more than if you go to, you know, max effort, which I think is really interesting, yeah. which, which is counterintuitive. And we kind of knew that, but now we're starting to scientifically prove it, which mm -hmm. is nice. Right. And so, um, yeah, no, I mean, um, it seems to be a recurrent theme that a lot of the people here, like less is typically more because we're just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, we're just trying right. to, you know, you got that cardio, you know, endurance athlete who just thinks they need to be totally gassed after every run or that weightlifter who thinks they need to, you know, max out every rep or every single set or that CrossFitter who thinks they need to be on the ground crying. I'm guilty of this at, at the end of every single workout. I think just, we all are. Yeah. It's just not true. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we're so, we feel like we don't have enough time, but I like what you said. Like, it's not about, Hey, like, can I, you know, lift more weight? Can I get a six pack? It's not that destination. If we just take a look at this and just say, this is a journey that I'm just along for the ride and I'm going to continuously, progressively, hopefully improve. And I know I will if I'm accountable and I do consistent work. And right, exactly. Take some of the pressure off too. Yeah, you take, you take the right steps and you're yeah. ultimately going to get to the destination that you're wanting to get to. Right. So, right. It's like when you're uh, looking for a girlfriend 
you don't get a girlfriend. It's when you're not looking. You know what I mean? I met my wife when <laughs> right, I really right, right. was literally not looking for a girlfriend. Agreed, agreed. You know, yeah. it's just kind of funny how those, things, yeah. how those things uh, kind of work out. All right, so you're a sales manager <laughs> cool. and, you know, we'll, we'll get to the journey of how you get to Flexable and everything yeah, else. But yeah, yeah. Um, sales manager, what's, what's next? Sure. So um, then next avenue was going into the general manager role. So now I'm not only focusing on my trainers i'm no longer focusing on just the gym it's the whole enterprise as a whole so you know you're learning the workings of the gym as a business and you're looking at you know your percentages of success and you're looking at you know maintaining the standard in your club you're looking at maintaining the standard of your staff you're looking at you know putting all these moving pieces together into one big puzzle now Mm -hmm. and that's what led me to charleston so, you know, taking that role, coming to Charleston, I've had the opportunity to work in some of the area gyms here as well. Yeah. Um, and that's what's led me now to Flexible, where I have been able to apply more of my skill set of the corrective exercise and flexibility specialty, which has kind of become the new avenue of functional fitness and wellness. Sure. You know, that kind of thing, getting away from the traditional bodybuilding three sets of 10, yep. you know, kind of workout routine and focusing on more holistic wellness and, you know, functional day-to-day activities and that kind of thing. So what would you say, what kind of like, we'll call it continuing ed, we'll call it courses, we'll call it breeding, whatever. Like how would one who's just a personal trainer, bodybuilder, three sets of 10, like what got you so interested in, in providing a little bit more value or maybe something, not necessarily more value, but just something different, Sure. right? You're doing something different. And you're looking at things a little bit differently. So what kind of stuff kind of got you into that? And I already know some of these answers, but like, <laughs> let's just explain it to, you know, our three listeners yeah. about what, you know, how, you know, you're just running a gym, you're a general manager, you're getting the business stuff, but obviously now you're starting to geek out on some of the, the science and more corrective exercise. What happens right, there? Right, exactly. So the big thing is with health and fitness is you always want to be learned and you always want to take that approach of there's going to be something new coming out. And because it's so, true, it's constantly yeah, changing. Exactly. You know? Constant evolution. Don't eat eggs. Yes, eat eggs. <laughs> keto, like Mediterranean milk is good, diet. Milk is bad. Exactly. Right. Keto. Yeah. You know, all these different things. Intermittent fasting, which is huge right now, used right. to be a, you know, don't do that kind of thing. So six meals a day. Now it's like, don't <laughs> exactly. eat one big meal a day. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? That's definitely, I, I got in my fitness journey by reading the Body for Life book. Body for Life is huge. Do you remember huge. that? Yeah, 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 that was way back then. Yeah. He was like six meals a day. Like mm-hmm. literally would like tell you to wake up in the middle of the night, have a protein shake, and then yeah. go back to bed. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And just like it's just funny how those things, yeah. how those things change. And like just something I want to focus on. It's always like I think if there's kind of one takeaway when we get these things, and tell me if you agree, it's really this kind of n equals one or like it's got to be individualized, right? Like oh, absolutely. keto may work for somebody. Like everybody wants to be like, keto sucks for everybody. Or, you know, uh, bodybuilding doesn't work for anybody. It's like none of those are the case. Like right. there's never just one thing. It's like find out what works for you, what creates accountability for you, what gets you excited or what, you know, there's some universal principles. Yes. Right. Like if right. you eat more calories than you put in, like that's pretty universal. If you lift more weight, either in sets or reps, or actual weight, you're going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. But there's just so many different ways to get there. So, Absolutely. Don't you think? Like yeah. that's the thing that people sometimes get lost. Yeah. They want to do this dogma. It's like no. It's like you know, if you find somebody's only doing one thing, they're probably they're not looking at the whole picture. Anymore. Exactly right. You know? Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. How did you get to the journey of flex able? Flex able. So, yeah. um, with the experience of corrective exercise, the turning point of that, I think was when I really dove into anatomy, physiology, um, did the PTA program, those kind of things. And of course got to work with you and yeah. see, you know, the impact and the benefits of what proper range of motion yeah. can do for individuals. And right, so, so he was actually at a PT clinic, like helping us as a PTA, going through the exercises, asked some amazing questions, had some really good debates about like, you know, when is internal, external rotation appropriate for the shoulder press? Or just like, you know, just yeah, fun conversations that we exactly. like to, to geek about. It's like, and I think that's the big thing, like you said, asking the right questions sometimes and just wanting to know more. Definitely. Why did you want to learn about anatomy physiology? Like, why would you just train people? Like, yeah. what made you, what piqued your interest in that? Why would you want to take it to the next level? Yeah. So the big thing that you encounter as a trainer is there's a tendency for you to get into that cookie cutter role where you have, you know, okay, today we're going to do our bench press. Bench press, you've got your traditional push-pull. So maybe we do a chest and back routine. But you don't truly understand why you're doing what you're doing mm -hmm. when you – teach somebody how to, do, how to do a bench press, for instance, you know, when you're concentrating, okay, I know that I need to engage my pecs to do the bench press, but you miss the underlying factors of intrinsic stabilization of, you know, the rotator cuff. And yeah. you miss, you know, the fact that if you have a rounded shoulder posture that you're already, you know, going to have tight pecs that are restricting yeah. full growth and development. So you increase your likelihood. Exactly. Possibly of injury. Injury risk right. goes up. Yeah. Exactly. So that was probably the big turning point is understanding how to train for injury prevention, to train for proper growth and development and to train for progression. Yeah. 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 That's what so, I see a lot yeah. of, like a lot of the PTs out there who are strength conditioning um, coaches first, they they feel like they're limited in their knowledge and they want to know more. Right. And you can kind of only know so much like reading and like doing your own stuff and learn from other people. So that's why they go to PT school or PTA school or just like delve more into more continuing education because they want to know specifically why they're doing what they're doing mm -hmm. as opposed to just arbitrarily doing it. Because, you know, you say you engage your pecs. Like if I do a bench press, I'm probably going to engage my pecs as long as I just complete that movement no matter what. Exactly. But there's an optimal way of doing your bench press that could, possibly decrease the risk of injury or what i like to say is i'd like to think about it as how can i lift the most amount of weight there you go right and like there usually that also translates to what's the less injury risk too correct right? and so um you know safely and effectively yeah, the body's an amazing thing and it has the ability to do a plethora of different movements and actions and that kind of thing but you want to train it and you want to teach it to do those actions properly and correctly Mm -hmm. because it's going to always pursue that path of least resistance to get the action done. Yeah. So like you mentioned, if you want to get stronger and you want to lift more weight, then you want to get a functional, you know, optimal movement pattern to yield that ultimate result. And so that's yeah. where proper understanding of, you know, joint range of motion and, you know, arthrokinematics, big word, but you know, how everything yeah. is supposed to move comes into play. And so yeah. that's that's been the big turning point for me personally is getting a better understanding of not just the how, but the why mm -hmm. of why we do what we do. Yeah. And then comes more hows. You can dig deeper into that yeah, stuff, you know, absolutely. like just little cues, like, you know, break the bar when you do a bench press to mm -hmm. spread the floor with your feet when you when do you your squat. squat. Yeah. Exactly. Just, and then like, why do I do that? What muscles am I engaging me gauging? Like, why does that specifically work? Yeah, no, that's, 
that's cool, man. Like that's a, that's a fun journey to go on. I almost did it opposite. You know, like I went to PT school and then, which I think is interesting, then started getting strength conditioning. So I kind of knew the why, but I really didn't know like the how maybe, you know what I mean? Like I just didn't know like, okay, I'm squatting. What does this mean? How do I get stronger? Like, you know, and then if you put those, if you put those two worlds together, I think that's when you really get into somebody you can create really big impact. Absolutely. You know, in the health and wellness um, field. So that's a good segue because I, I always forget to do this. I'm going to do what's fresh in my head. So a healthy person, like health, what is that definition to you? Like, what do you think is the definition of health? Sure. So when I think of health, what I look at is being able to do the things that I'm passionate about, the things that I love, the things that I want to do, be it, you know, play with my son, be it, you know, if I want to go play a pickup game of softball or I want to go work out with you, yeah, you know, I want to have the ability to do that pretty much at will. And so go fight in a cage match, go find a cage match. If that's what I'm feeling, let's do it. You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So having the ability to do that, um, you know, without apprehension is my ideal for what health really means. Yeah. That's so funny. For that's, sure. I mean, that's kind of what everyone's been saying that in a very, very similar way, right? Like, um, being able to thrive in your environment, being able to just do the things that you want to do without worrying about it. That's it. Period. Just very simple. Yep. Right. And I feel like how many people, like you pick 10 people out, I would argue that eight of those people probably aren't doing the things that they want to do on a daily basis, whether it's run or play with their kids or whatever, which is really, really unfortunate. And that's kind of like part of the reason I did the podcast, not only to reach out to other people, but just to like show people like, man, there's so many ways to skin this cat. And like, you can just learn a little something every time just to get to the point where, you know, we can be 80, 90 years old and still doing things that we love. Oh, that, for sure. That's, you know, that's freaking winning right there. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Keep that body moving. That's the name of the game. Yeah. All right. So get a little bit of, um, let's dig into a little bit. So you were a PT aide and then I just, you know, selfishly know you well, um, thinking about going to PTA school, maybe right. even PT school. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that kind of divulged now into doing flexible. So like, um, maybe tell us a little bit about why maybe not PTA school and why you decided to do Flexable and then tell us a little bit more about, you know, what Flexable is and how it can help. Sure. Definitely. So turning point kind of with schooling was I actually got married to my wife. Um, wonderful, amazing woman. We've been together coming up on five years married now. So that's pretty awesome. Um, and the opportunity at the time to do the PTA program and potentially PTA or excuse me, PT school, um, was just kind of the time commitment, to be honest with you. And um, I already had my corrective exercise specialty. I uh, had flexibility specialty. So I was doing a lot of things kind of similar to what I was passionate about. Um, so I, I knew that's what I wanted to focus on and kind of where I wanted to be. So that became more where I put my emphasis. And um, my friend and I, we came up with the idea of flexible through, you know, some uh, – exposure to seeing other businesses that were starting to introduce stretching. And um, we saw, you know, how important stretching and flexibility was to our clients because him and I would predominantly train what we would consider higher risk clientele at the time. And with higher risk clientele, that may be your senior adult that had limited range of motion. That may be, you know, uh, one of your avid tennis players or golfers that was dealing with say chronic low back pain or shoulder issues and that kind of thing. And what we came to realize was that 
majority of these people were going through improper movement mechanics and the muscles basically can contract or they relax. And so what we found out is by putting together a series of stretches specific to these people's limitations, we could kind of help improve the overall range of motion that these people were having. And we were starting to see that that was helping to relieve some of the soreness and stiffness that they were dealing with. It was helping them to perform on a more consistent functional basis without the limitations. So that's where the concept of flexible kind of came to light. Cool. Cool. And tell us, maybe just walk us through what a, what a normal session at Flexable is. Yeah, absolutely. So what we do initially is we're going to first off sit down with you uh, and we're going to take you through a postural movement assessment. So in postural movement assessments, what we do is we take three different muscle imbalances that we address, which is your upper cross syndrome, lower cross syndrome, and over pronation syndrome. What those essentially mean is your upper cross syndrome is your text neck or computer neck that you hear a lot of people kind of dealing with nowadays, which a lot of times can lead to rotator cuff, you know, inefficiency, um, headaches, migraines, those kind of things. So that's one of the first things that we look at. Lower cross syndrome is your sway back where you've got clients that are dealing with low back pain, um, hip instability, those kind of things. And then over pronation syndrome, which is kind of your traditional knock knee condition. So uh, once we assess those areas, we put together a strategic series of stretches specific to those limitations. And by taking our clients through those specific stretches, our goal is to, again, help improve range of motion, uh, reduce some of that joint stiffness, improve circulation. Are, are all of them more like passive? Do you do any kind of like active movement with the stretches or they're really just, I'm laying on the table, I'm dead weight, you guys just go through some stretches? What yeah, is, so we predominantly focus on the passive stretching experience. Okay. Um Nice thing about that is it's one of the few times in life where you can actually lay down on the table, have sure. somebody else do all the work, and Feels good you reap the rewards. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So we found that uh, passive stretching tends to work best for the majority yep. of the population that we deal with, and so that's where we focus. Do you all do any – I know you're doing thinking about doing more active stuff. Do you typically – is this more of a – I guess it's for anybody, obviously, but do you encourage them to like do some training afterwards or do you give them supplemental exercise or, or what's, what does that kind of entail? Exactly right. So we've, you know, had the opportunity to work with some other great trainers in the area. And that's exactly what we do is when we, you know, kind of identify these tight areas, of course, the inverse of that is weak areas that are, you know, being prohibited. So we do, we encourage a lot of our clients to work with either the trainer that they're currently working with, mm -hmm. or we do recommend certain trainers to them that they can continue to work on their programming, uh, be it their corrective exercises moving forward. Right, right. Because we kind of understand that, right, like flexibility and passive stretching is a piece of a bigger pie. Right? Exactly, like, exactly. Just, just another piece you can't just to the come puzzle. In, yeah, you can't just come in, just get stretched passively and then think all your insulin exactly right? right. Like we've got to put all these kind of things together, which like you said, create movement, you know, hopefully lift some weights, doing some exercise, corrective exercise, kind of whatever, yeah, right? To help maintain the progress that you're making. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Really that's cool stuff, man. Um, want to do some Spitfire? You ready? Yeah, I'm down. Absolutely. Right. Let's there's do anything it. else that you want to hit that um, you wanted to go through as far as 
You know, I guess one of uh, the other things that I would like to point out is just sure. the proper techniques of stretching. We have a lot of clients that come in and they're like, how do I stretch? So I just wanted to point out to the Charleston community some of the key facets that we help to instill in our clients. And I hope that they can apply to their own daily lives. So when we teach our clients how to stretch, one of the first things that we focus on is when you stretch, you do want to get some mild discomfort but you never want to be in pain. If you ever have somebody that's stretching you or you're stretching yourself and you're to that point of excruciating pain, you need to listen to your body and back off. The other thing is never force a stretch. You want to move your body through that proper range of motion and get to that point of mild discomfort, but never try to force yourself beyond that. Um, breathing through stretches is another big thing that we encourage. So making sure that you're keeping a steady rhythmic breathing through the stretch, and then finally, hold that stretch for at least 30 seconds. A lot of people, they'll go, oh, I held my hamstrings for about 10 seconds, that's enough. No, you wanna hold on to that thing for at least 30 seconds so you can get through that point. So those are some key things that we really wanna focus on uh, helping to instill in our clients and the Charleston community on how to stretch properly. Very cool. So um, I just saw another question, like what, what do you do to stay healthy? Like what are the main points that, you know, how are you training? What are you doing health-wise to kind of make sure that your body can perform its best? Yeah. So I always like to ask people that too. It's not, you know, you're not passively stretching on a regular basis. There's more to it. So what else is there? Right. You know? Definitely. So stretching flexibility is a huge thing. Um, I usually do a little night workout with my wife. We do a little bit of a home yoga routine, which is great. Uh, great active stretching variable. General exercise. As I mentioned, I've got a, a little one now. So he's taking up a lot of my time. That's he used good, to be man. spent in the gym. Yeah. But um, staying active with general calisthenics, plyometrics. I still keep a pretty active boxing routine to get keep my cardio going. He's so like a boxing bag. like Working the heavy bag at home. Oh, that's exactly cool. right. Exactly right. Um, shadow boxing is another great thing that I do. Um, Quick, easy, break a sweat. Done. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The weight training that I do now is predominantly focused on, you know, big compound muscle movements. So you're talking your snatches, your cleans, your squats, deadlifts, that kind of well, thing. Well, bang for your buck if you don't That's have it. time. Exactly. If yeah. you don't have much time, you got to get in, hit it hard, hit yeah. it fast. And get your body under some out. sort of load, yeah. right? You know, because sometimes you're in a, you know, let's call it when you have a kid, you're more in a maintenance phase. You're just trying to not, <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? Like you don't have the time to really progressively load or maybe get stronger. So you just want to try to be like, hey, what can I do very quickly so I can keep my heart, lungs, body healthy, cardiovascular system, and make sure that I don't lose muscle mass because I'm not, you know, used to squatting heavy, right? Like, right, right. I'm going right. to take a step back. Okay, cool. Exactly. Very cool. Uh, what were some of the key influencers, I would say, into, um, into getting, like, going forward with this? Like, did you have people or books or whatever that kind of, like, started on this journey for you to, you know, create this product like Flexable and dig into more anatomy and physiology? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so a little, little plug for Eves here. Oh, no. You, you have uh, definitely been a huge, huge motivator and influencer. Oh, I appreciate that. With, uh, I did not plan that, to do that so yeah. He didn't pay me for that. <laughs> um, but definitely, definitely a great mentor. Uh, another thing is I've got a really good friend at home that has always, you know, kind of helped motivate me and encourage me to pursue this route and to kind of um, extend beyond just the norm who's been a great, great help there. Gentric, of course, who, who is my um, partner and buddy that we set this up together, 
is a phenomenal, phenomenal trainer. Um, he's won best trainer in Charleston a few times and uh, just an awesome, awesome all-around guy. So him and I just kind of vibing back and forth, kind of like we've had the opportunity of doing, mm-hmm. has really allowed me to kind of take those next steps in life yeah. to pursue this route, you know, focusing more on the flexible avenue of things. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So, that was yeah. a good one. You worked out right in there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Spitfire, what are you best at? Best at? Great question. So um, <laughs> I love these questions without without saying everything. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, definitely enjoy motivating and uh, encouraging people to push beyond their limits, okay. just like I do. Um, I feel like I'm really good at uh, challenging people to you know step above and beyond, as I mentioned earlier with the program design. Yeah, I feel like staying on track of people's programming and keeping their accountability is something that I really excel at as yeah, well. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I've seen so. you work and I've, you know, been around for that. And like, there's just certain people who can work one-on-one with somebody and can kind of pull that stuff out. And you definitely do that well, right? Like yep. that's, a, that's a gift. Not everybody can do that. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen that where like somebody's a trainer be like, man, you can't get that person to do anything. Yep. Like you're just going through the motion. There's certain people's like, man, they can't wait to come see you the next day. They can't wait to take the next level with you. No, uh, definitely. All right. So next one, what do you suck at? Oh man. Um, so always, always improving, but uh, probably organization, funny enough, would be the big thing that I've got to continue to work on. Sure we Even all. though I keep track of my clients, my personal organization is all over the place. So an organized mess <laughs> there you <laughs> is go. probably where we're at. But that's probably the big thing I want to continue to improve. Cool. Um, what is the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? They could pick one thing for them to do. This is kind of a new one I'm playing with. And it's only one thing on purpose. Um, you know, if somebody's coming at you square one, what's the number one thing you tell them to do? <laughs> so a funny thing would be to relax. You know, just, just kind of de-stress, yep. you know, make sure you're getting adequate rest, make sure that you're not letting the world consume you and take over your life. Right. You know, just, uh, and then you can build from out, there. And then yeah. you can build from there. Exactly. Yeah. That's smart. Then you've got time to go stretch Then you got time to work out. Then you got time to focus on nutrition. That's true. That's a really good one. Yeah. Oh man. I'm going to like that question. Like that. <laughs> cool. Uh, here's some fun ones. What's your walkout song? Oh man. So funny, funny song, uh, funny story. Wasn't me personally, but there was a guy that we had on our team, and uh, big guy, heavyweight. The cheerleading team. No, this was actually an MMA team. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, a little bit different. A little, little joke. The guy's name was Dave. Um, came out, and uh, as a joke, they had him come out to "Man, I Feel Like a Woman" from Shania Twain. Oh my goodness! <laughs> pretty, pretty hilarious thing. Um, so that's walk- that's your walkout song. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, probably one that I came out to was, uh, Godsmack, uh, the I Stand Alone. Okay. <laughs> that was, that was usually the one that I came out to. All right, cool, cool. Um, your favorite cartoon? Oh man, I'm a huge G.I. Joe's fan. That's so awesome. That's still love not, my G.I. Joe's. That's still not on like, it's TV. It's not, it's not. No, you gotta no. like, I bet you can YouTube it and find it all You day. could, you yeah. could YouTube, Netflix. Yeah. That kind of thing. You can yeah. find like the old uh, 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles True. on YouTube. Yeah. Definitely. And you can just watch them with my son. It's awesome. You should totally do that. Go on YouTube, look up G.I. Joe's, and 
Oh, I've done it. I've yeah, got them. You've already I've done it. Oh, okay. I can pull it up in the library. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually on my phone right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, love right. me some GI Joes. That's funny. If uh, if you couldn't be, or if you weren't, a uh, fitness or health professional, what would you be? You know, uh, all the way from childhood, I always wanted to be a Secret Service agent. Really? So, <laughs> and that's yeah. still back there somewhere. Everyone's so got it, their it, one it, little it's thing. It's hidden in the recesses. Yeah. Secret service. <laughs> Secret agent. service agent was always the cool thing I wanted to do. That's cool. What's the literally the last TV show that you watched? Oh, man. G.I. Joe? <laughs> no. <laughs> what did we watch? That's a good question. You don't remember that long ago or just like... Mm. I guess the most recent was probably Quantico. If anybody watches Quantico, no, I don't know what that well, is. A little What's show um, about Secret Service agents, CIA <laughs> operatives, funny right. enough. And uh, so, yeah, okay, that was probably the most recent one. Better. Yes, I watched The Bachelorette with my wife. Oh, so, there you go. There, That's why he's hesitant too. I had to think. I was like, which came first? Dude, I cannot <laughs> watch the show. And you'll have it sometimes to work on the background, and I'm just like, I just can't do it. Yeah. I just can't. I just can't do it. It's just. It's just so bad. I just, I don't know. That's, that's a different true, true story. True love, man. True yeah, love. Yeah, it's totally true love. <laughs> totally. It's entertaining. Like, and I get it. Like, I watch cartoons. Amy's like, you can watch that kind of dumb stuff. I can watch this. And I was like, that's, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. Um, last book you read or maybe some uh, book recommendations if you have any? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm always keen on, you know, self-development kind of books. So pretty steadily, uh, the one I'm reading right now is the Minute Manager's Manual to mm. Success. And the whole focus point of it is to, you know, teach you how to delegate effectively so that you're not overwhelming yourself with responsibilities. Um, other ones that I love are, you know, Napoleon Hill, anything from him or Dale Carnegie, you know, your How to Win Friends and Influence People, like, Think and yeah. Grow Rich. Everybody. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic books to yeah. follow. I think it's a really interesting point too. Like sometimes you don't need to, and I talk about this with a lot of physical therapists too. Like they're always asking, what kind of CEU should I do? Like, how can I improve my skill set? And like, well, sometimes you may not need to improve your physical therapy or fitness skill set if you can get more organized or you can, you know, look at more business or marketing or like self help stuff that could pay out tenfold in just interesting ways with your clients or with your patients, right. right? And so sometimes peeling back and not learning, you know, that the uh, this muscle does this or like, you know what I mean? Digging into some of those weeds yeah. and pulling yourself out and doing something like that can sometimes pay huge dividends. Well, it's just like with sports, you know, you don't focus on what you excel at and do well. You focus on what you need your to improve are. your weaknesses. Exactly. So, yeah. you, you know, I've got training. I've got program yeah. design. I know the body. At this point, you can things. get somebody, you know, a six pack if you need to. Like, yeah. If they do what you tell them to do, like it's probably going to happen. But exactly. motivating them might be really hard. Or you staying organized so you can see actually more clients maybe staying harder. Showing how to like delegate more and transfer your skill set to other practitioners is something where you can create more of a bigger influence. Exactly. Than, than learning that, you know, yeah, going from 95% smart to 96% smart. Yeah. As opposed to you know, say I'm 10% of my organizational level, I can make a much bigger jump there, there with a little bit amount of work. So, Absolutely. So I think that's an interesting point. Like find out maybe what your weaknesses are, whatever that may be, and then 
focus on that, which is probably hard to do even in training, right? Like I don't want to work on my, yeah. you know, I suck Every, at deadlifting. I don't want to deadlift. Yeah, I'll squat it, it, it's, all day. It's, always, it's always hard to take that bite of humble pie. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. But pays huge dividends. All right, Absolutely. Ross, man, this was awesome. Thanks so much for, for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I enjoyed times. it greatly. All right. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, we love those five-star reviews. We already got them racking up. So if you want to do that, we'd be greatly appreciated. Or share this with anybody you think might want a little, a little bit more about how to stay fit and healthy in this crazy world with so much information. See you later. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, where we do physical therapy and performance training, please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.